Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. We are thankful and grateful tonight. We thank you for this service. We thank you for this great opportunity. Lord, indeed, we see it as a privilege that you have chosen us and you have selected us to be in your presence to hear your word. Holy Spirit, minister to our hearts. We thank you once again for such privilege to sit under your feet to hear you. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for the Lord and you may be seated. Wonderful. Well, we want to have a short service and um, we will go home. But tonight, I want to, I want to share with you a message that we call God has begun a good work in you. God has begun a good work in you. How many of you believe that God has begun a good work in you? Philippians chapter 1 and verse 1. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 1. God has begun a good work in you. It says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with their bishops and deacons. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Wow, that is a very powerful for your pastor to thank God for every remembrance of you. There are some people, whenever you think of them, you go on your knees to seek the face of God for intercession. But it's a blessing that whenever your pastor thinks of you, or whenever he remembers you, whenever your name comes to mind, he thanks God. I think it's a wonderful thing. And I think it's a, it's a place that every church member should desire to be. Amen. You desire to be in that place that whenever your pastor thinks of you or he remembers you, he thanks God for your life. Amen. Amen. That means you are someone who is significant, someone who is important, isn't that so? To the degree that whenever your pastor thinks of you, he gives thanks to God. So, you see, there are some people, whenever you think of them, certain relief comes upon you. Isn't that so? There are some people in your life, when you think of them, or when you are in certain situations and their name comes to mind, you feel relaxed. There are certain people in your life, when you are even going to a certain place, you are going to a place and you hear they are also coming there, you relax. Isn't that so? But there are some people also, when you hear they are coming to the same place, you feel irritated. You don't even want to be there. You know, sometimes you are very happy and they invited you to a place. You are very happy and you arrive there and you see someone. You see a person and then your joy, everything goes down. It is a, he's a mood changer. Do you understand? But there are others, others also who are positively mood changers. They change your mood for the positive. And it's a good place to, a good position to hold when your pastor thinks or remembers you and then gives thanks to God. He says, oh, Nancy, glory be to God. Isn't that so? Like, whenever the name drops into your heart, it makes you give thanks to God. Not that she's doing anything particularly at the moment, but just the person's name drops in your heart makes you give thanks to God. 
Isn't that so? It's a wonderful thing. And this is what Paul was saying about the Philippians. May you be the church that whenever your pastor thinks of you, when your pastor is away and he thinks of you, he gives glory to God. He said to say, what a church. What a church. What members. Wow. Isn't that wonderful? I think we should desire to be that kind. Not people that, whenever the pastor thinks of you, headaches. Headaches. And then he's always, hey, these people. It's like a mother and a children that every time you say, they will kill me. You people, you will kill me. But may you be that church. That when your pastor thinks of you or he remembers you, he gives thanks to you. Amen. That's a good, that's a good place to be. I think it's a good place to be. Yeah, it's a good place to be. Amen. Then he says, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making requests with joy. Always in every prayer of mine for you, all making requests with joy. Amen. That means what concerns you when your pastor is praying for something that concerns you. He prays with joy. Now, does it mean that you can pray for someone but not with joy? You see, you can pray for someone, but not with joy. But I think to make a request on someone's behalf with joy is a nice place to be. You want to be in a place where when someone is praying for you, when someone is making a request concerning you, the person does it with joy. Amen. Amen. Then he says, for your fellowship in the gospel from the very first day till now. That means you're, you're, you're spreading the gospel with me or doing the work of the ministry with me from the very first day until now. Why would they not be in such a position? Why would, why would such a church or such members not be in the heart of the pastor? That from the very first day they gave their life to Christ, they began sharing the gospel with him. They say, Pastor, where else do you think we should go and evangelize? But just the, from the very first day. So the places where the pastor would have loved to go, these people are there already doing the work. So whenever he thinks of them, there's joy in his heart. Whenever he remembers them, he gives thanks to God. That's a very good church. That is a description of a very good church. A description of a church which, which helps the pastor. A church which brings joy and peace. A, cho- a church which makes the pastor relax. Do you see? That when the pastor thinks of this church, he's relaxed. Because perhaps you have several churches. I mean, he was moving from church to church. But for the church in the Philippines, I mean, the, 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 the Philippi, they are different. Whenever they receive him and they, they welcome him, just the very first day that he shared the gospel with them, they have become evangelists. It's amazing. I am talking about from the very first day. I mean, there are some of the people who have been in the church for a long time. They still will not do anything. But these people, from the very first day, they are out. They are out. So it's not surprising that the pastor thinks of them and or whenever he remembers them, he's giving thanks to God. There's joy in his heart. There's joy in his heart. Amen. Being confident of this very thing. Being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The Bible is saying God has begun a good work in you. God has begun a good work in you. Stephen, God has begun a good work in you. Amen. God has begun a good work in you. Hallelujah. It says, being confident. This, you must be confident of that. When you are working with God, be confident in this. He said, being confident in this very thing. 
this particular thing, it's important that you develop such confidence that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Say, God has begun a good work in me. God has begun a good work in me. You have to say it with confidence and have confidence in that. Say to your neighbor, God has begun a good work in you. Amen. He has just begun. He has not completed it. God has begun a good work in you. God has begun a good work in you. He has just begun. Robert, God has begun a good work in you. Amen. Amen. He has not finished. He's not completed. Prince, he's not completed. He's not finished. This is what the scripture is saying. That he which has begun a good work in you, he is faithful. He is going to complete it. He has begun a good work in you. Now you realize that when something begins and it is not completed or is not finished, you can never enjoy the good or the benefit that the thing is intended for. Isn't that so? When some Someone, something has begun and it's not finished, you cannot enjoy what the thing is intended for. True or not true? Yeah. If someone is cooking and the person is not finished and then you go and then you taste, you take some. Sometimes you are cooking and you remember that you need some particular season. You know, and you realize you look in your shelves and you realize you don't have it. But you realize that without that season, this is the person who is cooking the food. So you, when you look at the thing and the thing is nicely, you know, sitting on the sto- or stove or whatever it is, you would think that it is done. But the person who is making it, he says, no, I'm not done. So w- with that, just that one season, he says it's not done. And then you will not understand. So you will go and taste it and then you say, oh, the thing is not good. But wait until the person comes to add that season because the person who has begun that good work, he's not finished. And you cannot judge that which is not finished. You cannot say that it is not good because the person has not finished. God has begun a good work in you. I say God has begun a good work in you. The Bible says it is good work. It is good work. It is good work. I don't care what people say about you, but you are a good work. I don't care how people look at you, but you are a good work. I said, God has begun a good work in you. Amen. Now, because it is not finished, you also, you cannot see the good in it. Because it is not finished. You cannot see the good. When you see, when you look at yourself, you can know sometimes your behavior And sometimes the things you do, you don't see a lot of good in you. And even yourself, you are not sure about yourself. But the one who began the work is saying that he has begun a good work in you. What you are seeing today is just the beginning of a good work. Amen. It's just the beginning of a good work. He is not finished. Hallelujah. Your life is Your life as it is today is just the beginning of a good work. It has just begun. Some great work has just begun. And it's not done yet. Hallelujah. You know, one day, when we were in the Manhattan church, you know, those of you who have been in the church for a while, I'm not sure if you remember, but the um, the Manhattan church, next to it, was a parking lot. It was a big parking lot, you see which was very convenient. You know, it was just next to the, um, next to the church. And it, it, could, it was very big, and it could hold a lot of cars. You know, you could park so many cars. Sometimes they have this thing that they left also, and they park other cars on top of it. Very big parking lot. And then one day, suddenly, we came, and then we realized they had put a big fence around it. They have put a big fence around it and we could hear they started digging. 
You see, they were digging, digging. And then we realized when you go to look, they have dug this big trench, very deep trench. And we were all wondering what they are going to do, you know. So the parking lot was, I mean, right next to the church. It was very convenient. It was very convenient, you know. And then now suddenly it is not available anymore. Suddenly the parking lot has been fenced and all the cars that used to park there are not available. I mean, they are not there anymore. Now you're driving on 43rd Street. You have to drive further to find a place to park. Do you see? And I'm saying there were so many cars that could park there. So it was very convenient. Now as far as we are concerned, this was a great inconvenience that they have created. Do you see? One advantage that we had was that in the night, the parking was free. <laughs> you know? So it was very, and most of our services is in the night. We go for all night. It is we, for convention. We park our cars because in the night, they just go home. There were no entrance to the place. Do you remember? Yes. Yeah. And the other thing was that it was, again, very convenient because if you're going to the next block, for instance, you just walk through the parking lot and you are on 42nd Street. Now that they put this fence around it, one, we have lost our parking, in free parking in the night. And then even two, even if it's during the day, for instance, that they are there and you roam around looking for parking and you can't find one, this parking is is accessible. You know, you have to just pay. But it was available. If you're running late, then it's right there. Now it's not there anymore. When you are going to the next block, now you have to go all the way down and then cross over to come to the back of the church. Whereas we could just go across. So that is also our inconvenience. And then the third thing was they were digging and so there was a lot of noise and there was a little dusty and muddy around the area and they have put a fence such that the walkway is also now smaller. So a lot of inconvenience. Do you understand? So to us, that is what we were looking at. But the person who has begun that good work or the person who has begun the fence and is digging knows that he has begun a good work. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Know that he has begun a good work. We were not seeing it as a good work. We were seeing it as inconvenience. But this person was seeing a great work. And the next thing that we saw was that they unveiled this huge, beautiful apartment building. Beautiful. That housed so many families. Do you see? Not only that, the Trench that they dug underneath was parking lot. <laughs> you see, that now people can park at the same time, people can live there. You see, but for us, it was so much inconvenience as it was going on. But they began the work and they finished it, and then we saw the beautiful work that they began, which initially looked like nothing, which looked like it's not beautiful, but it was beautiful. And even one of our church members was living in the, um, the building. And now we have places to also evangelize. Because the place is now busy. There are so many people. Do you understand? Yeah. The only thing is that we lost our free parking. <laughs> it was not free anymore. In the night, you have to still pay if you go underneath the parking. But it was available. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So, that large space that could accommodate so many cars that we thought was the best thing that was available that could accompany so many cars. When they started working on it, all the cars were moved, but eventually, when they completed that work, all the cars can park at the same time people can live in a place. But the one who is beginning the work is the one who knows the plan that he's following. Who has a blueprint? God has a blueprint about your life. I say God has a blueprint about your life. And he has just begun a good work. 
he's not done yet. Tell your neighbor, God is not done with you. Say, God has just begun. Amen. He's not done. So, if these people, they never completed the project. Say, for instance, they dug the trench and they never completed it. Then it would just have been a space that is accumulating snow and water and so on and inconvenience. Isn't that so? So when God begins a good work in you and you do not allow him to complete it, you are worse off than beginning. Do you see? Then there's no good use of you. Amen. But God has begun a good work in you. So we are going to talk about seven good works that God has begun in you. Amen. The first one, God has begun to convert you and to make you into a new creature. God has begun to convert you and to make you into a new creature and take you to heaven. God has begun to convert you and to make you into a new creature and take you to heaven. Do you have that? Yes. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Amen. Amen. This is the first work that God has begun in you. He says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Hallelujah. When you give your life to Christ, it is the first step of a good work that God has begun. When you come to Christ, when you become born again, this is the first step. The the step of joining a church, coming to church regularly, attending the services, giving offerings, doing all kinds of things, paying your tithe. These are just the work that God has begun in you. They are just the beginning, they form a part of the beginning of the good work that God has begun in you. Hallelujah. You need to let that work continue. You cannot benefit from what God has begun until you let that work continue. But unfortunately, a lot of times, we start doing this and then we think we have arrived. We think we are there. If we do not allow the work to continue, it is useless. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? If we don't allow God to continue working on us, he says, he has begun a good work in you. And he's going to complete it. But if you don't allow that work to continue, if these construction people just dug the trench and they left, it would just have been an inconvenient sight. An unpleasant sight. Amen. So if you don't allow God to continue in his good work, you will not see the beautiful work that he has planned concerning you. You will never see the beautiful end of it. Amen. So John chapter 8 and verse 31, the Bible says, Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him. John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. If ye, he says, those Jews that believe on him. Do you believe in Christ? So, believing in Jesus is not the end of it. Just choosing to believe in Jesus does not make you a disciple of Christ. Just believing in Jesus does not make you a Christian. A Christian is a Christ-like, someone who is becoming like Christ. Amen. So he says, he said to those Jews which believed on him, he told the Jews which believe on him, that the only way you will become my disciples is if you will continue in my word. If you will continue in my word. So if we don't continue in the word of God, 
We are not Christians. Amen. We are not Christians. And God has just begun. We need to continue. We have started. We need to continue because anything that finishes, it must continue. If it's going to finish, then it must continue. Hallelujah. So it means just starting with Christ and believing in Christ is not the end of it. Just believing in Jesus does not make you a disciple of Jesus. Hallelujah. Giving your life to Christ does not make you a disciple of Jesus. A disciple is a follower or a student of a teacher. That is a disciple. Sister K, do you understand? So, you continuing in Christ is making you a disciple. It means you are a, a student of Christ. Now, if you are a student, it means you've not finished. Or, if you are a student, do you have a degree? So, if you are a disciple, you have not finished. And the only way you will finish is if you will continue. If you start, if you start college after first year, you say, I have started, just give me the degree in advance. Give me the degree, I will continue. Just give me the degree. Is, does that work? Does that work? So, you see, you are expecting a certain beauty of your life. You are, a certain, you are expecting certain fruits in your life. And then you have just begun, but you are saying, give me the fruits that I would have seen in the end. But I will continue. Just give me the fruits at the end. Does that work? Is that allowed? Would that be possible? But that is what we do. When we begin with God, we want to see certain fruits. We just begin with God, and we want to see certain fruits. But nobody will give you a degree just because you, started, you, took, you took some credits. You have started with 12 credits and you want the degree in advance and say that I will finish. Just give me the degree. Would they give you that? Huh? Marriage too. In the marriage, they will give you the degree before you take the course. Wow. Before you start the course, they will give you the degree. I see. I'm not catching the revelation, but uh, <laughs> they give you the certificate, marriage certificate. Oh, no wonder it is full of troubles. <laughs> no wonder it's full of troubles. The day you begin, they give you a marriage certificate. What a shock. I think it's the only institution that does that. I cut the revelation now. That is why this is full of troubles. You start failing. You don't study hard because you have the degree already. What a shock. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So your decision to be a part of a church, your decision to join a church, your decision to be a member of a church is just the beginning of the good work that God has begun. Hallelujah. There is a whole lot more that God wants to do in your life. There is a whole lot more that God wants to do with you. What you have just done is just the beginning. You have just opened a door for God to do a beautiful work in your life. Some of you, God wants to make you pastors. I said, God wants to make you pastors. Amen. Amen. God has just begun a good work in you. You see, you are not seeing it today. And so today when I say that you are a lady pastor sitting there, you will not see it. You can't see it. Because you don't have the blueprint. You don't have the end product. You don't know the end product. You know, sometimes when the people are constructing, they are doing a construction, just to give sometimes peace and assurance they paint a picture of the end product. Isn't that so? Because they know that what they are doing is a, is a lot of inconvenience. So they paint a picture of the end product and then they paste it big. So that when you are, see, when you are passing by and you see it, it gives you a good feeling to deal with the inconvenience, the, the dust, the noise, the construction. The, um, the people, the, the, it gives you, you say, at least, if they continue, 
and they finish, this is what I'm going to see. I am telling you that God has a better blueprint for you. God has a great blueprint for you. And you are not seeing it. You are looking at what the construction looks like today. But I tell you, the end is a very beautiful way. God is, God is beginning a great work in you. And it is to a great end. An end that when people will see it. You see, if you did not know this place, you were, for us, you were with us. For instance, you were with us in the Manhattan church. And you knew this parking lot. And you went away. And then you came, and then you are seeing, or even I took a photograph, and I'm showing to you, and I'm saying, this is the parking lot that was next to our church. You cannot even imagine. Some of you, you cannot imagine what God is going to do with your life. Hallelujah. I say, you can't imagine what God is going to do with your life. God is going to make you some very important person. But you can see it. You see, as you are sitting here now, you can see it. But as you are continuing with the Lord, he says, be confident in this. Don't, don't have any doubt. Be confident in this, in this very thing. Be confident in it. That one who has begun that work in you, the work that he has begun in you, he's going to finish it. Amen. He's going to finish it. Amen. Don't look at the beginning of it and just throw it away. Don't look at You see, sometimes you marry someone, you know, and the person doesn't know how to cook. You see? The person doesn't know how to cook every time. Either the salt is too much or there's not enough. Or the pepper is too much or there's not enough. You know, so you, you, you look at the beginning. That is why the certificate at the end is not even a good thing. You see, because you think you have married. But it is just the beginning of a good thing. So you look at the thing, you look at it and then you, you have just married and then you are regretting already. You are regretting already. But if you will have patience and continue therein, just continue on and continue on. That same woman who is too much salt, under salt. Under pepper, over pepper. Give that person a little more time. Give that person a little more time. You will taste certain food. I said, God has begun a good work in you. God has been working on you. That sometimes you will come home and then you will think she, she has ordered the food from some restaurant. And she says, I cook it. I, I cook it. I cook it. I cook this food. It's just the beginning. Amen. I say it's just the beginning. Hallelujah. There is a whole lot that God has planned for your life. There is a whole lot that God is going to do in your life. God wants to use you. I say God wants to use you. You see, you don't see yourself as a pastor sitting there right now. But God wants to use you. God has plans to use you. Hallelujah. Amen. No matter what you are doing, no matter who you are, no matter how you are today, God has plans concerning your life. And he says it's plans of peace and not of evil. The one who has begun the work in you, he says it's not of evil at all. He's going to bring you to an end. An end. Amen. God has begun a good work in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. First Peter 2 and verse 2. You see, when you see, when you see someone, don't look at a person and say, that's not my type. A Christian that God is working on, take that person quickly. Take that person quickly. Because you can be, you can be confident in this very thing. That this person that God has begun working on, he's going to complete it into a marvelous piece of work. And the Bible says, be confident in this very thing. Be confident in this very thing. So when we, we recommend someone to you or we choose, don't um, look and then throw the person away and say, you know, he has a K-leg. He has a K-leg. And you... you God, you, will, you will be amazed to see this person one day. If God has begun with this person, you can be confident in this very thing. That what you are seeing today is just the beginning of a good work. Amen. What you are seeing today is just the beginning of a good work. So if you don't take it, you are losing big time. You will see. You will see. 
Yeah. Amen. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. It says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Hallelujah. Desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Hallelujah. Now, you realize that in everything that we do, in everything we do, there is always a strong temptation for us to think or feel that we have arrived. In everything we're doing, there is always a strong temptation for you to feel that you have arrived. Do you see? Now, we use this scripture, this scripture in 1 Peter 2, 2, we use it to teach newborn, uh, newborn again Christians. We use it to teach new people who have joined the church or, or new Christians and so new converts. Do you see? But you realize that in whatever we do, whatever thing that we are doing, we, are, we come to a stage or we begin at a stage where we are newborns in that very thing. Or oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Whatever we endeavor to do or whatever we are doing, there was a stage where we were newborns in that thing. Isn't that so? So, for instance, if you become a pastor, you become a newborn pastor. There is a stage of your pastoral ministry or pastoral work where you were a newborn pastor. It just gave birth to you as a pastor. No one comes just coming in, you are an experienced cooked pastor. Isn't that so? Yeah. There was a time in when I, I started preaching that when I look at the people, I begin to shake. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there is always a newborn stage. There is always a newborn stage. Do you understand? Bishop talks about when he began the church, every Saturday you had diarrhea all day. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've had that before. Yes. <laughs> you are laughing at me. Your faces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What am I going to share with the people? Is the Lord going to be happy with what you are sharing? Do you understand? So in every stage, there's a newborn face. There's a newborn shepherd. Do you understand? There's a newborn church member. There's a newborn chorister. Isn't that so? So there's always a newborn in the beginning. There's a newborn wife. And a newborn husband. Isn't that so? So every stage, there is a newborn. There's a newborn church member. Amen. Amen. Now, God is encouraging us that when we are in that baby stage of anything, when we are in that baby stage of anything, what we need, what we need to grow in that thing is the sincere milk of the word. The sincere milk of the word. The word in its purity. Amen. To desire it, to want to hear it, to want to read it, That is how you are going to grow. No matter what stage you are, there is a baby stage because there is a room for you to go forward. And so he says, he has begun a good work in you. Whatever stage you are in your Christian life, God is still working on you. And what is going to make you grow, what is going to make you finish, is a desire of the sincere milk of the word. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding my message this evening? Your journey to heaven has just begun. Did you know that? Your journey to heaven, it has just begun. And you need to allow God to complete it. Amen. When we invite someone to church, and the person gives his life or her life to Christ, the work is not completed. But you see, a lot of times when we invite someone to church, we think our work is done. You have finished your work. But it is just the beginning. Amen. Amen. A lot of you and a lot of you were not going for midweek services. You were not going for midweek. You were not the kind when it's raining, you walk in to go to church. A lot of people are not here this evening. Do you understand? Because they are not at the stage where you are. They are not at the stage where you are. 
So when you invite someone to church or you bring someone to church and the person gives his life or her life to Christ, it is just the beginning. God is not done with him. So if you are calling the person again and the person does not want to come, you do not give up on the person. You don't give up on the person. We don't give up on any one of you. We do not give up on any one of you. You are all, you are any one of you who is sitting here right now, you are a great work that God has begun. And no one can give up on you, no matter what you do, no matter what is happening. We cannot give up on you because God has begun a good work in you. He said, be confident in this very thing, that he who began that work, he is faithful. It's a good work. And we can't give up on you. Amen. No matter what you are doing. Hallelujah. So don't give up on yourselves. Do you understand? Don't give up on yourselves. So when you invite someone to church, don't give up on the person. Do not give up on the person and say, I have called the person two, three times and he's not coming so, you, you know, you are grown enough. Don't give up on the person. Perhaps that is an evangelist that you are giving up on. It's an evangelist that you are giving up on. And if you will encourage that person, continue to encourage that person, you will see God working on that person. Working on that person. We were not the same. We were not pastors when we joined the church. Do you understand? We were not pastors, and I never thought of myself as ever being a pastor. I never thought I would ever be a pastor in a church. But it is the same good work. As you are sitting there, as you continue in it, then God is working on you. Then God is working on you. God is working on By the time you realize, certain things are rubbing off you. By the time you realize, you are a pastor. God is beginning a good work in you. And you have to allow it to to continue. Salome, allow the work to continue. Don't give up. Don't give up. Do not give up. On the work that God has begun on you. Hallelujah. You don't give up on anyone. The second thing that God is doing in our lives, the second good work God is doing is to change and renew your mind. To change and renew your mind. God is doing, the second good work God is doing is to change and renew your mind. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. You see, many of us, by the time we come to Christ, our minds were not working correctly. Our minds were not working properly. There's so many things that were on our minds. Many of us, by the time we come to Christ, we have formed all kinds of things in our minds. You see, many of you have formed minds about men and you have decided that as for a man, I will never ever give my heart to a man. I will never ever marry a man. Do you understand? And because of certain experiences that you have had. Do you understand? So that is why he says, and be not conformed to this world. Let not the world form who you are. Let not the world shape who you are. You see, but before we come to Christ, our world, our minds have been shaped by the world. By the world experiences. Some of you, you have made your mind that you will never allow anyone to share your apartment with you. Because of certain experience that you have had. Do you understand? Isn't that so? Yeah. You have never, you have, you have planned that as for roommates, you will never ever had one. Because of an experience that you have had before with a roommate. Do you see? And you have, you have made this mind. Some of you, you have made a mind that as for a woman, you say, you say I will stay single. 
I will stay saying, you see, you have made certain decisions because of certain experiences. Sometimes it is what you have seen. Sometimes it is even growing up. Some of the experiences that you had in your homes. Sometimes you saw how your mother was treated, how your father was treated, and or you, you have, so it has formed a certain mind. But the scripture says, be not conformed to this world. When you come to Christ, be prepared for a renewal of your mind. Be prepared for a change of your mind. That the kind of mind you had about man is not like that. That God is going to show you what a real husband is. What a real wife is. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That the worldly wife that you saw is not what God has for you. Amen. And so renew your mind. Renew your mind. Hallelujah. Allow God to work on your mind. Allow God to reform what has shaped your thinking, your decisions. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. He says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. This is you before you came to Christ. You were dead in trespasses and in sins. Amen. And he has quickened you. That means he has brought you to life. Whereas sin had killed you. You were dead in sin. And in your trespasses. But he has quickened you. And then he says, Wherein in time past, ye walked according to the course of this world. Everything you did was about the course of this world. The way you related to people was how the world relates to people. Do you understand? You don't trust anyone. You see, you, are, you, 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 you have any opportunity you want to steal. Because that is the course of this world. Do you understand? And it's like, if you don't do it, you are not wise. That is the course of this world. You see, and if they are giving you some assignment, a project, you have to double it so that you have a profit. And it makes you wise. Do you understand? This is the course of this world. The course of this world is you cheat and then you are prospering. Isn't that so? You are even a partner in somebody's business, but you want to have, you have agreed to have half and half of the gains, but you can trick the person and have two-thirds of the gain and the person will not know. And you think it's, it's the course of this world. You have to be smart. Isn't that so? So he says, Wherein in past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. This was what was ruling and guiding our lives. Then he says, Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the last of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. We were no different from others. Shakira, do you understand? We were no different from others. This is, this is, we were in the world, and we were living by the course of the world. Lying was okay, as long as you are not caught. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? As long as you are not caught. And if you lie and you are not caught, you are looked on as smart. Do you understand? You, 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 you cheated on your paper and you get an A and you look like you are smart. Amen. Because we walk according to the course of this world. Then he says, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins had quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved. It's by grace. The course of this world can never make you good. The way your mind is, the way you, you are shaped by the course of this world, you can never be good. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You can never be good. That is why you have to continue in and let God work on you. He says, he has begun a good work. He has begun. It's just the beginning. You can never be good on your own. 
Because your wealth has been, your mind has been shaped by the course of this wealth. Some of you have had some terrible experiences in life. You know, some of you, even you were, you were abused by loved ones. And it has shaped you, and you, you have no trust in people. Some of you, you have even been to certain churches where you were abused by pastors, or you were cheated by pastors, and, or by church members. Do you understand? So you don't even have trust in anyone. But the Bible is saying, allow God now to renew your mind. Don't give up on yourselves. Do you understand? You are not a bad person. You see, but allow God to renew. Your mind is still, if you see a woman passing, a certain thoughts come to you and you are imagining her nakedness and you want to, you know, have something to, you, you, even sometimes you feel like you want to, your hand wants to stretch. <laughs> Robert, Christians, you see, your hand, you are forcing to put your hand down because it's like something is pushing to make you feel like touching something. And you think you can get away with it. But what? don't feel bad about that. Do you understand? Don't feel awful and say, ah, I'm a Christian and look at how I am still behaving. You see, this is the thing that a lot of unbelievers do not understand. A lot of unbelievers don't understand. How is it possible you say you are a Christian? Someone comes to church, lifts their hands up and give their life to Christ and then you go home and then you say, you say you are born again. Look at how do you expect the person that is born again today now to be a perfect person? You say you go to church. Look at what you are doing. You say you go to church and you are lying. You see, don't feel bad. I mean, by this time, the line should be going down. <laughs> do you understand? It should be going down. The level should not be the same. It should not be the same. Minimally bad. <laughs> do you understand? Minimally bad. I've been using that so. We should, not, we should not be lying at the same rate as we were lying before. Do you understand? Or you don't understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. The fornication should, the, the, edge, the edge should not be so high like it used to be. Do you understand? It should, it should, by this time, it should go down. It should go down. <laughs> Amen. It, perhaps it was Three times a day you were fornicating. By, I mean, two years as a Christian, by this time, three times a week, once a year. But God is working on you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? <laughs> Valentine's Day. Is that what you are saying? <laughs> it's not allowed. You see, it's not, it's not acceptable. It's not allowed. But what I'm saying is that if three times a week, by this time you have come to once a year, you are okay. You are, God is still working on you. God is working on you. Don't, now don't begin to target your once a year for Valentine's Day. Reverend, as for Valentine's Day, I am breaking it. So you who has become... Three times a week, you have moved to once a month, to once a year, and now zero. If you go back to once a year, then you are also backsliding. Then you are backsliding. But he who has begun a good work in you, he's continuing. So you have to continue. Oh, you don't understand what I'm sharing with you. You have to continue. Amen. Some of you, you never gave offerings in church. Some of you, you never pay your tithe. You still don't pay your tithe. Isn't that so? But God is working on you. You see, you just did not join the church and then the next day you are paying tithe. You don't even understand what it means. But when God is working on you, God is working on you, you see, you, you just will, even when you are not here, even when you don't come to church, you put your tithe down. That is someone that God has worked on. That is someone that God has worked on. But there is someone also who is at a stage where if I don't come, then I'm sorry. Too bad. I was in church. I was not in church last week. Do you understand? You also, God is working on you. He will get there. God is working on you. God has worked on someone like that. There are some people, they don't come to church for three weeks. They put their tie down. Three envelopes. They pile down. 
they come and they pay. But there are some people too, they have not come to church for one month. And when they come, it is their one week. Do you understand? God is working on you. Tell your neighbor, God is working on you. Say, I know this is your behavior. But God is working on you. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So he says, even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ. It is by grace that we are saved. By grace. Then he says, let's finish reading it. And had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Can you imagine? A fornicator, this is where you are heading. A fornicator, you see, a, a thief, a real thief. I mean, you have been caught before. That is evidence. We know that. But your place, your place is in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. With Christ Jesus. Wow. God is working on you. God is working on me. God is working on us. Amen. He says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Hallelujah. And verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. That is why we don't judge. Do you understand? You see, if you judge someone, you are boasting of your righteousness. That is why we don't judge. You see, it's not our works. There is nothing that we did. There is nothing that we have done to make us righteous. There is nothing, I'm telling you, there is nothing that you have done to make you even have such desire that you are sitting here. It is God who has worked on you. Why don't you ask yourself, what about that? Don't you think they, they, do you think they hate God? They don't hate God. They don't hate God. But they are not here. But God has worked on you. God has worked on you such that even when there is church service going on and you are not here, you feel irritated. You can't even sleep. Do you understand? You can't even sleep. You know, one day I, um, you know, there's a particular day that I, you know, you choose and you want to fast. You are fasting. And then one particular day you say, today um, I, feel, I feel dry. I feel overly dry. And you want, okay, you are not fasting today. And then it happened to me in a day like that. And then I said, okay, I will eat something light. Everything that I take, then it spills. <laughs> you know, everything I take, then it spills. Then I, I take something and I bring it and I, then I take something and then it spills. You see, then I said, perhaps God doesn't want me even to eat. And then you are feel, I'm feeling guilty already. Do you understand? Then I'm feeling guilty that why did I even decide that I'm not going to fast this day? Do you see? But see, when God brings you to a place, when God brings you to a place, that is when you see that God is working on you, you realize that no one is there, but you are convicted. No one is watching you, but you are convicted. No one knows whether you will pray or not, but you, you feel that you have to talk to God. No one is in your bedroom to see you are reading your Bible or not, but you feel, you feel that I have to hear from God. I have to hear from God. And this, it is not by your works. It is not by you. You were not like that before. That is not how you were. But God is working on you, and God has worked on you, and he has, come, he has brought you to a certain place. He's not done yet. He's not done yet. He's still working on you. God is still working on all of us. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? God is working on us. And he, his plan is to bring us to a place where we, he, he will be finished with us. And his plan is to bring us to a place where the work is beautiful. The work that God has begun is a good work. You are not seeing a good work today. You are not seeing a good work today. People are not seeing a good work today, but it is a good work that is in process. I say it is a good work that is in process and God is going to finish it. I say God is going to finish it. He said, be confident in this very thing. Be confident in this very thing. Let us read that scripture one more time. He said, be confident in this very thing. Philippians 1 verse 6. Philippians 1 6. Do you have it? 
Being confident of this very thing. Of this very thing. That means that this, you can put all your hopes in it. That means that don't look at what you are seeing today. Don't focus on what you are seeing today. What is it that you want? Be confident in this very thing. That he, he, who is the person? God, he which hath begun a good work in you, will perform it. He will perform it. God will perform it. Whatever he has begun in you, he will perform it. Hallelujah. I say God will perform it. God will bring you to a good place. God will bring you to a better place than what you are seeing today. God is making some of you lady pastors and pastors, reverend ministers. There are bishops that are sitting in our midst. It is just the beginning. You cannot see it today, but there are bishops sitting in our midst. Prince, you may not see yourself as any great man of God that you are going to stand in a large congregation to preach as you are sitting here today. Perhaps you don't see it. But God has a blueprint and he knows the end of the work that he's working on. Amen. Some of you are going to stand before large crowds to speak. Amen. Some of you are going to sit at a table, round table, and you are the head. You are at the head of the table. But you see, you are looking at yourself today and you can see that work that is going to be done in your life. But you are going to sit and when you, are, when you start talking, everybody will be quiet. That is the work that God is going to bring you to. He says, he will not, he will, until the day of Jesus Christ, the work is still in process. The work is still in process. Amen. I see great men and women sitting here. Great men and women. Great men and women. Women of dignity. Men of dignity. Women of high positions. Men of high positions. In the name of Jesus. The Lord is setting you on high. The Lord is placing you on high. He will cause you to sit at the high places of the earth. I say he will cause you to sit at the high places of the earth. Places where you have not dreamed about. He said that though your beginning be small, your beginning, they are little. They are non-entities, your beginnings. Your latter end, your latter end. That is the place where God is working you to. God is bringing you to that place. You'll be amazed where God will take you. I say you'll be amazed when we see you. We will not see the same person. Because God is working on you. He said, being confident in this. Have this confidence in you. Being confident in this very thing. What very thing? That who, he who had begun a good work in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's pause here and we'll continue next week that we meet. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. God is working on you. Oh, yes. God is working on you. God is working. Thankful, Lord. We are grateful. Father, we are thankful that we can have this confidence in you. We are thankful, oh God, that we can have this assurance from you that what we are seeing today is the beginning of the good work that you are doing. Father, you have not done with us. You have not finished with us. You've not completed the work. But we are confident in this very thing. That the good work that you have begun. You will perform it also. Until the day of Jesus Christ. We thank you Lord for this assurance. We avail our hearts to you. We avail our minds to you. We avail our characters to you. Father reform us. Remold us. Change us. Transform us. Complete the work that you have begun in us. Give us the grace to continue in the work that you have begun in us. In the name of Jesus. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you Lord for your faithfulness. We thank you for your love. For the great work that you are doing in our lives. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus name. Amen. With all eyes closed and every head bowed, you are here tonight. You are not born again and you want to give your life to Jesus. Just lift up your hands and I'll pray with you. If there's anyone here like that. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your savior. Is there anyone here like that? I always have to give you the opportunity. There's no one that should be left behind. When the Lord comes, do you have the assurance that you are going to be with him? If you are not born again, you want to give your life to Jesus, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Oh Jesus, we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, 
in Jesus name Amen Hallelujah Why don't you clap your hands together for the Lord and We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service For more messages by Reverend Brian Akuma please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North Podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.